0: in studios is uh, Rice County Attorney John Fossum. Good morning, John. Good morning, Jeff. Well, you got here on the right day. We've got a winter walk. Looks like beauty. Uh, a beautiful scene for winter walk. And we're not having... Sixteen inches of snow today. Well, plus
1: it's about 40 degrees warmer than it was two days ago. So it's, it's a <laughs> big right. improvement.
0: You could almost go out there without a coat on. Almost. Let's uh, let's talk about some things going on in the uh, county attorney's office. Uh, first of all, you had uh, kind of an unusual case the other day. Or you're scheduled to, uh, to have a case uh, in court, uh, but uh, in concerning uh, felonies, uh, having the right to vote, registering to vote. And uh, that has been the Supreme Court's looking at that
1: tell us about yeah, it. The, the Minnesota Supreme Court accepted a petition uh, to review uh, felons, whether or not it's improper to uh, uh, prevent felons from, from voting. And so the Minnesota Supreme Court is reviewing the constitutionality of that question. I honestly haven't been involved in that case, but uh, I heard that there was oral argument on it last week. We had a... a Felon registering to vote case that uh, was calendared for trial on Monday, and the judge continued it in part because, basically, because uh, it made sense to wait and see what the Supreme Court does, and if they decide that it's unconstitutional then we can just deal with that case without having to uh, spend a day of trial on it.
0: What are the Minnesota laws on that? If you are a convicted felon, is that a lifetime ban from voting or just when, when you're when you done serving your time, uh, do you get your, your right to vote back?
1: In Minnesota, the rule has always been that you are not able to vote while you are on probation or serving a sentence. And, being on probation is part of serving your sentence or unsupervised release after you've served a sentence. You know, a lot of felons in Minnesota don't ever go to prison. Uh, they they serve uh, on probation for their time. They might do some time in jail. But if they don't go to prison, it's just that, that time that they are in, you know, on paper, Mm -hmm. as we call it, or on probation. So if you've got three years of probation, that's three years when you can't vote. And for people who are serving a life sentence, then they can never vote because their sentence doesn't expire. uh, Even if they've gotten out of prison and they're on what we call supervised release, they are still serving that sentence for the rest of their life. So someone who's got a murder sentence or criminal sexual conduct sentence, which carries a life sentence, those people can't vote during their lifetime. Everybody else who gets a felony uh, can vote the, when they get out, uh, when they get off
0: their sentence, when their civil rights are restored. After they do their time. Right. All right. Uh, and to do that, uh, if you are a convicted felon, you, you get that uh, release, you know, you serve your time. Do you have to, can you just go down to you know, the re- voter registration and then just re-register to vote? Or is that a process that they have to go through with the uh, court system?
1: Well, the um, judge, at the close of the case, issues an order restoring the person's civil rights, and that happens relatively automatically. It's, mm-hmm. it, it comes from the uh, probation department. They send a notice to the court. This person has served their probationary sentence, and we'd ask the court to restore their civil rights. The judge signs an order. That order goes to the secretary of the state. And the Secretary of State now knows that person can vote.
0: Okay, let's move on to another uh, case that has been uh, in the news for several years. Here now, you had a uh, uh, a drug dealer. To his name, the last name is Fugali. Is it? Is it? Was it Anthony? I'm yes, think of Anthony Fugali. Mm-hmm. Uh, he pled guilty. Then he reversed his plea or tried to get out of it, and uh, that's been kind of a long, strange journey.
1: It has been a long uh, time coming because he... Mr. Fugali actually uh, pled guilty to first degree criminal or first degree violation of controlled substance laws. So he pled guilty to uh, selling uh, heroin or selling to, to someone, selling 13 grams of heroin. He, he pled guilty to offering someone 13 grams of heroin, uh, and what he delivered was 9 grams of heroin. So Mr. Fugali entered his plea under that statute, said, yes, I offered to sell. Yes, I offered. Yes, I did this. Yes, I did that. And somebody else delivered the drugs or I delivered the drugs. And then when the Bureau of Criminal Apprehension weighed the drugs and subtracted all the packaging, it was less than 13 grams. It was 8.9 grams. And so it was... The, the statute says you can if you sell over 10 grams, you can be prosecuted for first degree. Mr. Fugali entered his plea, he had his lawyer, and then somewhere along the line decided that he didn't like that and he didn't think he should be convicted of that because he didn't deliver 10 grams. He only delivered nine, but he sold he offered to sell 13 grams. And the problem for Mr. Fugali is that he he laid out very clearly in his plea, yes, I made this offer to sell 13 grams. I, I offered it in these different groups and on this different date, and it totaled 13 grams. And the statute says sell, but this legislature also defined uh, sell as sell, offer to sell, or possess with intent to distribute. And Mr. Fugali and his lawyers were arguing that you couldn't go look at that definition where it says to sell is to offer to sell. He They asserted he had to actually deliver as much as he promised, or you couldn't prosecute him under that. And so Mr. Fugali and his lawyers spent three years arguing that case up uh, in the trial court, uh, up to the Court of Appeals, and finally to the Minnesota Supreme Court. And you and I talked in, in September. About uh, how I went and argued that case in the in the Minnesota Supreme Court, and uh, the Minnesota Supreme Court issued their decision on uh, last week on Wednesday, and so it, it only took three years, but uh, Mr. Fugali's guilty plea sure. was determined valid by the trial court, by the Minnesota Court of Appeals, and the Minnesota. Supreme Court, and so now we can move on with that.
0: <laughs> has Has he served his time at this point? Is he still um, in jail? Do you know, he,
1: he's still in he's still in prison, mm-hmm. and uh, I think he he will be in prison through. Uh, into next year sometime okay. uh, he was sentenced to 78 months and so he's got some time yet to serve
0: all right rice county attorney john possum is with us let's talk about the uh the rice county jail of course that has uh, been approved uh, you're in the process uh you being the county is in the process of uh purchasing the land uh which i understand is almost done uh and this is uh, as the county attorney this is kind of your part of the deal isn't it
1: that's kind of part of my deal uh we worked with Fairbow foods to negotiate the purchase of of some property it's a it's 109 acres of land on the north end of Fairbow, which obviously is more than will be used for uh the the jail itself for the public safety center um but uh, there are other uses for some of that land, and, and that's all going to be worked out as we go on. But I think there, some of it may be used for housing. Some of if it's going to be used for parkland. Uh, some of it is not particularly useful f- for development because it is um, floodplain. It's right next to the river. And uh, part of it will offer, for example, when the sheriff's office does relocate to that public safety center, there will be uh, an access to the river, which they can use for emergency launching of boats to go help people who get into trouble on the river, without having to take the trailer and the boat and drive up to a county road, haul a boat down the side of the bank, and and put it in there. They can will they'll, they'll have an access to to use. Uh, direct access to the river, which it should improve public safety for people out kayaking who have issues and improve the response time for the sheriff's office and and safety for them as well.
0: All right. Well, it sounds like your your work is uh, far from over. Uh, once this uh, deal is completed, you'll have a lot of deals within the deal, I guess, uh, to uh, work on uh, over the, well, anytime, sometime in the future. And that may, the development, are you, do you, any ideas or any estimate on a time frame for the rest of the, the uh, parcels of land to be developed? Is that going to be starting immediately? Or
1: Well, that ultimately will be up to the board, but the first part is we need to close that first sale, which uh, we're still working on with, with Faribault Foods and the title company to make sure that we've got the title work all straightened out. And uh, uh, Faribault Foods has been uh, terrific to deal with. They were just uh, very pleasant and fair, and we worked out a deal that I think is, is fair to them and fair to the county and uh, should allow us to uh, do well with the property, but also uh, give Faribault Foods a fair price for, for the property that they had owned for several years there.
0: Once that deal is done and you do get it signed over and Rice County takes possession of that, does the uh, the building of the new jail, construction of the new jail, start pretty much immediately after that? or?
1: No, there will still be a uh the design process is ongoing and they're working out some of those details, then that design will go to the board, the board would have to approve the design, the board uh would then put it out for bids, the board would then have to approve the bids, and then construction could start. And so optimistically, um next summer sometime, next spring uh, it would be the most optimistic timeline for the beginning of construction.
0: That sounds like a government timeline. Yes. All right. Uh, John Fossum with us. Uh, let's talk about your staff. Uh, we have had, I've heard from oh, just about everyone, every business owner I know, that staffing has been an issue uh, with the, the business. What about at the county level? Are you uh, Do you have enough staffing? Are you hiring more? Or- you know
1: what we found in looking at caseloads, and you and know, I have talked about this uh, pandemic backlog in the courts quite a bit over the last couple of months. What we found is that when we looked at our prosecutors' caseloads, is that normally we have our prosecutors have a caseload of maybe a hundred to one hundred and fifty cases at a time, which is a lot to do. And uh, post, you know, as we've been doing this reopening, I don't. I guess. I don't know if I can call it post-pandemic yet or not, but as we've been looking at the reopening and we've had people back in the office and we've been handling cases and doing trials, and, and we've found that you know the lawyers have caseloads of closer to 300, so significantly more than we uh, would like them to have and more than we think is reasonable. So I worked with uh, county administration and with the... Uh, commissioners to use, uh, some federal funds to bring in a couple of lawyers and, and a legal assistant to help us work through that, that backlog and balance out those caseloads a little bit to give people some, some relief and give them an opportunity to, to get a more normal caseload and not to be demanding that they, they handle, uh, really kind of an unreasonable amount of work. And so we are working on, on that. And we've got, uh, We went through some interviews, and we've got a couple of lawyers who will be starting in in January, which we hope to help relieve that backlog and help uh, my lawyers help spread out that work a little bit so that we're not uh,
0: demanding too much of people. All right is there a like a lawyer temp service that you go through or you just put uh put the ad out there
1: we we put an ad out and we brought some people in and and so um i think we're we're really excited about uh having them start in january and and uh Helping everyone spread out a little bit. The only the problem for us, of course, Jeff, is that our our office already filled up all the space that uh, the county had given us. So we're going to be a little bit cramped. We're going to be using other spaces to give people uh, room to work, and so we're putting people in in spaces that uh, they aren't accustomed to working in. So um, it's it's not ideal, um, and uh, you know the, the courthouse just really isn't big enough for. Uh, for my office anymore. The court administration has a lot of temporary employees, so they're taking up a lot of space over in in their area, which we had hoped to use for my office, but we can't because they're using it. So mm-hmm. it's uh, the space needs are going to be a, a big problem for us going forward, but that's uh, that's what we're working on now to make sure that we can... Uh, find space for the people we're bringing in and also provide caseload relief to the
0: people who've been there for a while all right well best of luck finding that space john thank you so much for joining us we appreciate it and we'll talk to you again next month great thank you jeff rice county attorney john fossum you're listening to 95.1 fm and am 1080 rich is back in in just a minute with a look at local news state news with mnn is next